another episode of The Potato Files here on the Never Sleeps Network. My guest today in the beautiful Never Sleeps Network studio is the fabulous, the hilarious, the one and only Aisha Brown. How are you doing today, Aisha? Oh, I'm good. Thanks, Jeff. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. Very well. I'm living the dream. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the Never Sleeps bedroom? Not bad? Not I like bad? it. It's cozy. I know. Well, hey, we can get cozy if you want. Oh, I mean... I'm kidding. I won't hit on you. <laughs> Are you terrified of Kira or Hunter? Um, either one. Either one. They're both athletic. Um, I think I could beat up Kira. Hunter would be hard to catch. I think, really, you think you could beat up Kira? I think I could beat up most women if I just took a, like, a good punch in the face. Like, could you take a punch in the face? I couldn't take a punch in the face. <laughs> then I could I probably like, beat you up. <laughs> I think you're underestimating Kira. I think, she, I think she's a, like a scrappy fighter and she's wily. Okay. I think she hit you where you weren't expecting it. You know what? I'm going to find out. All right. <laughs> We're going to do this podcast. I'm going to go home. I'm going to give her the business. Yeah, my odds are on Kira. I'm sorry. I like you very much. <laughs> Have you ever been punched by a man? No, never. No, I've never hit a woman before, but fuck if I wanted to. Do you want a trophy for that? Um, no, but I've been hit by women and I haven't hit back, so I showed some good restraint. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, Jeff. Yeah, I get punched, if somebody asked like, me, if, has Jeff Paul ever hit a woman? Like, just based on your stand-up, I would have thought, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I come off as a real <laughs> woman beater on stage. But off stage, it's obvious you've never beaten a woman. No, 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 no. That's I, what I tell everybody about you. I don't think you. I've ever beaten up a man. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Oh, well, there's still, uh, there's still time. We can wrestle on the bad if you want. There's a part of me that wants to beat someone up one day. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just be pushed there. But if I could only be guaranteed, it was consequenceless. You know, somebody could tell me I, you won't lose a two. You've never been in a fight? Like when I was like a kid with my siblings, but yeah. not really. I, uh, I, I, it's been a long time as a grown man since I've been in a fight, but there's been times it's just, I grew mm. up in Niagara and that's just what you do. You go to the bar <laughs> and then when they stop serving drinks, you start throwing punches. Yeah. I'm learning this. It's just most of the men. bars, they just should have put boxing ropes around and hand your gloves <laughs> yes. at the door and go, all right, fucking have at her. Nice. Well, yeah, you're friends with, I've met all your friends, so. Um, yeah, Makes they're all sense. lunatics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a good, I think I got a good group of friends that would be able to fight if oh, the yeah. time came. I was once driving Hunter home. So for, I'm not famous, so I should mention Hunter is my boyfriend and our mutual friend. Hunter Collins. Hunter He's Collins. been on this podcast. Yeah, I watched for it. It was loyal good. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and I was driving Hunter home from a bar that was close to his house. He saw his friends kind of getting into it with these like random people and before I could stop the car this lunatic jumps out and he's like gotta support my friends so that's what a good man is yeah it was it was real sweet if you gotta I've had people in my life that they kind of disappear when the shit hits the fan oh that would be me as well okay we're supposed to be a team here it depends like have you if you have people in your life who start fights for stupid reasons i feel like you shouldn't back i don't have those people anymore okay um i used to have this one guy he would uh he would if there was nobody he could beat up at the bar he'd try to fight one of us like in the circle like what are you doing wow yeah so that's childhood i don't know but it's been a long time since i punched a guy ah okay but I do remember the last time I punched a man in the face and it felt good hitting him. I bet it's it, like satisfying. Like he whipped a piece of pizza at me and like it was a hot piece and it like hit me in the side of the face. And oh, I had, like, that's crazy. Hot sauce, like hot pizza sauce in my ear. And I was like, motherfucker. And I yeah. just went and just decked him. One. There's like a level. One shot, that's yeah, all. yeah. When somebody wrongs you 
it like a switch has to flip, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that in my car all the time. I'm always getting angry in my car. So if I wasn't in my car, I feel like I'd get in fights if I had that road rage <laughs> with me normally. <laughs> so many times I've I've raced someone like just because I'm like you wronged me and I need to see what your face looks like and then I stop my I'm like why am I gonna die just so I can uh, see who cut me off next time we're in the streets of Toronto together we're calling a cab instead of walking anywhere That's a good, <laughs> you yeah. want to walk God no Lord <laughs> <laughs> knows what you're gonna get up to a lot of bottled rage <laughs> all right well let's uh, let's get down to the heart of what the potato files are all about um, it's basically me just trying to find out about you and oh my. my four listeners. Uh, will like to hear as well. Uh, but uh, born and raised Scarborough, Ontario? Uh, pretty much. Like there was a moment where we lived in Pickering. Just a moment? <laughs> Just a moment. I don't even remember when we moved from Pickering, but since Pickering, it's been Scarborough and I've never left. It's been the same house? Same house. I, we moved to this particular house when I was eight years old. And so it's been, it's almost 30 years that I've lived in the same house. Have you, you've never moved out like? Nope. Not even to not like. Not even a try. Like, like hey, sick of this mom. I'm leaving. Like, no, it was. It's, I've been there. <laughs> I'm sick of this mom. Tell me when dinner's ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I initially I lived like we live in a bungalow, so I I graduated from the top floor to now basement. I've got the basement to myself, <laughs> which is like I guess a level of uh, of growth. <laughs> it's like the shortest coming of age story in the world. Are you allowed to have boys in the basement? I'm allowed to have boys in the basement, but not I, overnight. I've never had a boy overnight. No, in my hunters, place. hunters never. Uh... No. And what, do they, what do they think of you? Because you spend most of your nights like if you guys are together, it's obviously yeah. his place. And That's are they okay together. with that? Or do you have to like? <laughs> or is it still like high school where you're like, I'm just, I'm just going to stay at Bonnie's house for the night? <laughs> they are more. They're like probably super okay with that. Like, yeah, take more <laughs> nights out of the fucking house. They're thrilled. They love Hunter, and yeah, it it everything we do is downtown. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to be with Hunter downtown instead yeah. of being like, stay at my place in Scarborough and fuck quietly. <laughs> well, there's never been uh, I, I like that you fuck loud for your roommate, Cal. That's good. <laughs> you got to give him a, you got to set that bar Cal high. needs something to jerk off to in the next room. <laughs> Cal is like a smoking hot girlfriend, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a part of me is like mad because when I started that relationship, Cal was alone. So we could really smother our love in his face. But now he's like, well, I, his like girlfriend or like they're the hot couple. Two of those guys just had such a turnaround. They were fucking living in some depressing basement <laughs> over in the West End. Yeah, that's when I met Hunter. He was living in that basement. It was really cute. When we first kind of got together or whatever, He the first time I went to his place, he texted me and he's just like, hey, just so you know, like my place isn't great, <laughs> but like, I like, please don't make any comments about it. I'm, I'm kind of sensitive about that. And I, I was like, I live in my parents' basement. You could, you could literally be living in a hostel. You could have a shed out back. A step, yeah. Step up. <laughs> I rent this picnic table. <laughs> well, that's good that, um, I don't know, Cal, Hunter, they're both doing great. They both got nice, pretty girls. No, oh, thanks. It's, uh, everything's working out for everybody. Yeah. In theory. No. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. How many siblings you got? I've got an older sister and a younger brother. Ah, what's uh, what's sis do? Uh, my sister, she's 
told me a million times, but she works for the provincial government. Does she live at home? At her home with her family, like her okay. husband and her two kids. She, she's like, she grew up. She grew up. She got married and had kids and has like a whole life outside of my family. And she's not dependent on them for uh, for money or anything. But uh, yeah, so she works for the government, something to do with policy. It used to be health policy, and now I think it's uh, youth and child services. Okay. She's explained it so many times, it's too embarrassing to ask her again. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I'm going to send her this and be like, your sister doesn't know what you do. I don't. Sorry, I have a brother. I don't know what he does. Oh, yeah? We haven't spoken in seven years. So. Well, that would it. Is he older or younger? He's older. He's I'm, older. I'm the youngest. You do have a younger brother vibe. Yeah? Yeah. The baby of the family? You're yeah. the middle one, right? The middle one, yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that, too. That, like, love me. <laughs> Because like, I, I was a shy kid growing up for a little bit. And then, You're but still then that, a shy woman. Yeah, I'm a little, yeah, socially I'm shy. But then it's like, you know, you got to turn it on on stage. So this is the like, I just want you to pay attention to me, mom and dad. Yeah. Garbage. Because my little brother was like the cutest little brother and the only boy. I really had to do something. What's uh, mom and dad do? Uh, they're both retired. My mom worked for the federal government as a, like, when she started working at the federal government, her position was she's a secretary. And then while she retired, the position changed to, like, admin assistant or whatever, because nobody has secretaries anymore, because it's not 1955. Yeah, you, you don't call it that anymore. Yeah, no. But my mom was, like, definitely a secretary. <laughs> like, cute outfits, typed. Like, nice, she nice. Was adorable. And uh, my dad, he managed a chem lab at what's now Hydro One, but was Ontario hydro like chemicals mm-hmm. what uh what do you go to school for like what's his uh, he's a chemist chemist mm-hmm. eh? um were they born here no they're both born in jamaica born in jamaica when did they come uh my dad came in 1965 my, anything to do with years and ages I have no idea with my mom. She's okay. incredibly secretive about her age. So she's <laughs> she's never betrayed any information about like timeline. She never wanted us to figure shit out. It's insane. It's completely. Do you know the birthday at least? Uh, I know the date, like the but date, not, not the not year. The year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's August 16th. Yeah. Oh, just passed. Just eh? passed. What did you get her? Hopefully uh, something nice if you're living w- in the basement for free. <laughs> I know, right? But I did. I was like, I'll cook dinner <laughs> I, I was like a step up from a cereal box birthday card <laughs> that's funny so they're always uh they're always living in scarborough was it uh like they seem they sound like they were making good living uh, comfortable yeah. they're comfortable they they kind of um they put a lot of eggs in the education basket like they sent us to private school which worked for my sister who made the most of it and yeah. like went to uft after and did all this shit and uh for me i made it till about ninth grade until private school like the, my second private school i was at was like this isn't working out we don't <laughs> want your money were you a bad kid growing up i wasn't like cool rebel bad i was like stupid bad like <laughs> clearly like one of those like add cases before it was obvious to teachers and and parents Mm -hmm. so like all of my report cards are like Aisha stares out the window and isn't (laughs) it wasn't even like isn't living up to her potential because I don't think anyone believed I I had any potential is really uh, the spot for dreamers it's no it's not it's not the spot (laughs) for dreamers or anybody who has like uh, we weren't really part of the private school ilk like we weren't loaded Mm -hmm. and like 
the kids at our school were like super loaded, yeah, yeah. which I didn't really notice until afterwards. Like, oh yeah, that's that's weird. Where was it? Uh, like, was it far away the school? Yeah, um, the first private school I went to was Toronto French School, and that's Bayview and Lawrence. Okay. And the second one was Young and Eglinton. And you you stayed like overnight or? No, we like back and forth did. Oh, okay. But uh, because my mom worked downtown, we you know commute with her, and then and then when that was over, I was thrilled to go to public school because. I had to go to school with like other black kids, which for me felt like I'm in a television show. Was, was, was there cool. not, uh, was there no black people in the private school? Just you guys there? Yeah. It was very few black people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I guess your neighborhood is, uh, was pretty, um, multicultural, right? Yeah, for sure. Like public school was like a, a complete shock yeah. to the system. Cause it's like, I, I felt like I'm coming home, but no one <laughs> trusted me. <laughs> it was the worst. They had, like everyone's like, you speak too properly and you you're smiling all the time. Like mm. I, it's a thing where like a lot of people like within like ethnic communities are like, why are you smiling? Like you've no legitimate reason to be happy. Don't smile until you have a reason to smile. And I just came in there all like, Hey y'all, I want to be your friend. Like I was too, too friendly and it, it came off very Carlton Banks. Did that, uh, like where I guess you weren't popular or it took you a while um, to work your way in a while. Cause I like, I don't want to brag, but I wasn't a complete uggo, but no, <laughs> I'm obviously you're no, a very actually, attractive woman. I was pretty awkward. I was very <laughs> awkward and I didn't have a good wardrobe because I wore uniforms for a long yeah, time. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't like super popular. Uniforms were great because you never had to decide. You to worry about anything. Yeah, just pick it up off the floor and yeah. go. <laughs> but the minute I had to have like clothes to go to school, like it was, it was, I had some Urkely phases. I still to this day don't really know what I'm doing with clothes. Like I'm not mm -hmm. terribly invested, but um, yeah, it wasn't like unpopular, but I was weird. Like did like you know i was in a, a like a hip-hop dance crew like black magic we were called and uh we were called black magic but there was like three black girls and like 10 filipino girls in the group it was, <laughs> so, like we supplied the black and like there was yeah i did like plays and stuff like anything to just not be doing math mm -hmm. like i was doing it so like how were your grades they were terrible. Just, they were terrible. They or? were terrible. They were at first that first year of public school because I think private school kind of accelerated the program a bit. I seemed like I was doing all right, but the minute like it wasn't like repeating school anymore, it yeah, it was, mm -hmm. I wasn't focusing. What's life like growing up though? Like uh, uh, religious family, strict no, family, like strict but not religious, okay. which was weird because like we were strict. But our parents never like hit us, which mm -hmm. was funny. Like at public school, all of my friends there, like they would just laugh about the beats they would get. And I would pretend to relate like, yeah, oh, that stings. <laughs> I hate that when that happens. <laughs> I had no idea what they're talking about. But like, yeah, they like we weren't allowed to You're go out. You're punching yourself to make marks. Look <laughs> like, what hey, dad guys, did. Look what happened because I broke curfew. <laughs> that was a weird thing, too, is like I almost this is going to sound horrible, but my parents not beating us it made being in trouble last so much longer. Cause I think when you get, yeah, beat, if you just get smacked, that's your punishment. That's your punishment. But my dad I would never bring got up grounded. stuff. I got yeah. Smack upside the head. We got, I was in trouble all the time. And out of my brother and sister, I was the only one who was like always in trouble. Cause I was always like lying, like always hiding report cards. And, <laughs> and like, I, I think I used, there was a teacher strike when I was in high school. And I said, I lied that whole year. Like, yeah, cause of the strike, they can't afford report cards, budget cuts. And my parents were both so tired from working so hard to give us a future that they yeah. didn't question that shit until the school would call like hey your kid's failing math and and then the lies would unravel mm -hmm. was, yeah did uh did you ever fail any grades growing up like never failed any grades 
but just failed classes. Yeah, like certain I, subjects. I had some integrity, Jeff. <laughs> math is Ma- hard. <laughs> math is hard. My chemistry teacher made me drop it when he found out my dad was a chemist and I still was that bad at chemistry. <laughs> you like, are not following in your father's yeah, footsteps. Yeah, like, this is not good. Like you have a <laughs> developmental issue or something. Maybe you want to follow in mom's footsteps and be an administrative assistant. <laughs> yeah, do you like typing? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not peeing. That's water I'm pouring. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You got to pee. You got to pee. <laughs> There's well, no rules here in the Never Sleeps bottle. Network. I, I have to, legally, I have to say it six times throughout. Oh, yeah? No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be surprised. I did get in trouble at the start for not saying it at all. Oh, yeah? Like, you got to mention where you are. I'm like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> I never do. But um, this is uh, this is our studio. It's nice. I like it. I like it. it. It's homey. It's mm-hmm. not intimidating. Yeah, no, Alex is doing a good job with this whole crazy yeah. network thing he's got. He's got like 10 podcasts on here. He promotes it really well. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's all good. Everything's good. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about <laughs> you for a minute. <laughs> Did you play sports or anything growing up? Uh, no, but I had a lot of, especially when I went to the second private school, it was like an all-girl school. And uh, that school, the coach was like, saw me as this like tall, athletic looking black kid and was just like, cha-ching, was thrilled, thought she got like an, a track star and a basketball player. Meanwhile, I'd only ever taken like competitive dance. That's what my sport was. My mom would like put us in dance classes. And so <laughs> I had like, yeah, I had like muscular legs, but only from like leaps and spins. Nice. So when it came to like, basketball i've never seen i've never seen a white person so disappointed it was it was kind of fun i liked disappointing that lady she was just like i mean you have all the like makings of somebody who should be able to do these things and i'm like yeah i figure something would work but yeah no no athletic ability oh funny funny growing up uh did you come across a lot of like uh this like discrimination like i guess being in scarborough you wouldn't have to deal with too much of that not really i don't think it ever really registered until after the fact like i didn't have anything overt happen to me until maybe Mm -hmm. later on in life but just little things like i i remember we had this teacher this geography teacher who was talking this was in sixth or seventh grade monsieur soyer he was this little guy who looked like a leprechaun and he like it like had the beard and everything and he was very comical and so we, I didn't really pay much attention to anything he was saying in class because he was just so distractingly like a character mm-hmm. but this one day in class he was talking to us about theories of evolution and he was just like you know some scientists believe that black people are less evolved than the white people and he's like but you know that's not I'm not saying that's the truth I'm just giving you guys some theories that are floating around and so when I came home from school my dad's like what'd you learn today and I'm like apparently some scientists think that uh, <laughs> uh, was stupid or whatever and my dad like calmly lost his shit and he's like could you kindly repeat what you learned at school today like it was one of those yeah. things where I'm like oh this is gonna escalate which the last thing I wanted was for my dad to come to school because then the lies unravel because then if yeah. he bumps into my English teacher and other teachers I'm screwed right so i'm trying to play it down and i'm like uh maybe i just heard wrong and he's like "Mm, you heard wrong and i was like i did not hear wrong so my dad ended up coming to school and just kind of explained to this man like you can't really casually throw out racist evolutionary theories to children because that's irresponsible and like my dad's an imposing man who's yeah i like that theory like because black people came first we all know that yeah, like that's the theory I've been going on. And <laughs> as they migrated out, their skin lightened up. And that's how 
the world yeah. work. <laughs> I, I think that like there's a lot of people who have like fake science mm-hmm. and they like to use well, that. Be- they're six thousand six thousand years old, so Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh so like stuff like that would happen or like like ignorant little things like just people's parents being like, Wow, you speak very well. Like I was born here and went to the same school as your kid yeah. for like eight years. Of course I speak well. How uh, should I speak? Did you say you went to a French school to start? Yeah. First school, of French school. Do you still got the French? Uh, like casually. I'm not like Hunter's like fluent. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like, I understand what he's saying and I can speak some, I can get around in French speaking places, but I, I would never call myself fluent. Yeah. That's what you got to, when he fucks up, that's you yell at him in French. And you let, that's what <laughs> he gonna... knows you're pissed. <laughs> well, that's what he does when he's mad. He starts cursing in French. <laughs> and it's like, on one hand, I'm stressed because he's mad. But on the other hand, I'm like laughing. Oh, that's so it's, cute. It's like cartoon <laughs> cursing. He's like French Popeye. It's adorable. Oh, that's great. So a religious-less upbringing. Yeah, my parents, they believe in God, I think. They never like, asked? <laughs> never asked. Because they never took us to church. In mm-hmm. fact, when I went to public school, I fell in for like briefly for a few weeks with these kids who were like, religion is cool. I was built to be indoctrinated was, into a cult. You, you, were such, you were such a nerd that you could only hang out with the religious kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, let's yeah, do this. let's pray. I love praying <laughs> before I eat. It was so weird. Well, they were like, you should come to our church. You'd really like it. There's lots of kids our age. And I totally fell for that. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come to your church. And my dad pulled me aside and he he was just like, I'm going to let you do this, but under like no means am I letting you join a church <laughs> churches are cults and just, and like which is really weird because he grew up in a super religious family yeah. and so did so did my mom but they just were really against us going to institutions I uh well I'm not gonna hopefully not have kids I don't know knock yeah. on something <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'd introduce religion to them at all I'd let them decide for themselves but yeah. I, I wouldn't force it on them but I just I don't know I hope they know if they do choose they're they're wrong <laughs> there's yeah, nothing like, out there yeah I'm, I'm of the same mind if um the rhythm method doesn't work one day and and you know hunter and i are <laughs> raising a little uh, little, uh kid uh yeah I'd, i wouldn't want to be like i forbid you to be religious but i'd want them to know like mommy doesn't believe yeah. in that yeah, yeah. yeah. grow up kid <laughs> so the rhythm method let's get to that <laughs> actually we don't do the rhythm method no just fucking roll the dice each time eh? every time it's just like uh, i hope you pull out in time and if you don't you know where the pharmacy is it's your fault well he he lives a block away from shoppers so He's you're doing fine. On the street from shoppers and it's always on him yeah. there was one time where you know this is horrifying i hope he's not listening but there's this one time where hunter it was like near mother's day too and you know, you just kind of say crazy shit to kind of like expand the fantasy. Yeah. So I did probably moan, come inside me, <laughs> <laughs> but only for pretend. And he didn't question it. Like, really? He just was like, okay. didn't ask the question. And so I was just like, hey, like aren't you gonna you know get your turn and he's just like i did and i'm like oh you're going to shoppers that's possibly partially my fault but well i hope you gave him 20 bucks on that 40 dollar pill i offered but (laughs) when you take those pills there's always that chance that like you could be nauseous so i didn't really want to give him 20 dollars so i could be nauseous (laughs) you just need a pez dispenser full of those things (laughs) just pop them every day just in case just eat one right before <laughs> he mashes them up into my spaghetti. It's nice. <laughs> That's how a gentleman gives a girl the morning after pill. What about you? Don't want kids? You don't think that's in your 
in the cards or I fluctuate. I think I do want kids. I just, I'm so old now that I'm like, uh, there's a possibility that's not a possibility. So I don't want to fully commit to being like, I want kids. Mm -hmm. And the wanting kids has only been since being with like a partner who I could see would be a good dad. But like Hunter would be great dad. Hunter would be the best dad to the point where I'm like, if I can't have kids, I might just dump him and make him have a kid with someone else (laughs) and then have him dump them and come back to me. I'll be a stepmom. I'd love to be a stepmom. Because if they have any kind of like genetic issues, I'm like, that's not me. That's your birth mom. (laughs) You're an evil, evil person. (laughs) Horrifying. Um, Yeah, I don't think we're, uh, our kids are not in our cards either, but yeah, yeah, hopefully that doesn't change. I'm too selfish. You know what, though? I kind of think that people who want kids because... Like, there's a lot of selfish reasons to want kids. I think it's unselfish to realize that not having kids is a good idea. I like, I don't want to change my lifestyle. Plus, I don't have hope for the for the earth in general. Right. Yeah. Like, it's shit's getting weird out there. Yeah. And I don't know what my kid's going to be going through in 60 years, you know, and like yeah. what their kids are going to be going through because it's just. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I, I, I don't see things turning around like how do you change six billion people's way of life you know it's nutty sometimes i'm like i I feel very lucky that my parents chose toronto to to raise us and Mm -hmm. whatever but it seems like everywhere else in the world that seemed like a cool place to visit is now not a cool place to visit yeah everything's fucked man everything's a mess and then i I was watching uh john oliver where i get my news (laughs) (laughs) did you see it this past sunday he just did this whole segment about how nuclear they don't know what to do with nuclear waste and how it's just this looming problem that some scientist in the 50s was like we'll have this solved by the 80s <laughs> no yeah no and so like if any reactor put it in a really tight barrel and throw it in the ocean that's i mean that's what i used to do with my report cards but <laughs> those always come back <laughs> yeah so I, I don't yeah i fear for that with kids too yeah, and it's just, I'm out every night of the week, and Kira's out every night <laughs> of the week. And stone. We're just yeah. having fun, and kids just yeah. fuck everything up. They do, but, you know, Hunter Collins' kid would probably solve something. Maybe, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. If my genes don't fuck it up. Well, let's see if you get uh, you get real horny next Mother's Day. <laughs> Let them come inside you again. <laughs> this will be my last Mother's Day without child. That's right. <laughs> Um, what about uh, what about gentlemen in your life uh, before this? Like growing mm-hmm. up, did, did the nerdy girl in high school uh, get some boys or what? Yeah, but no one's serious. Like I think I've always been uh, like kind of a late bloomer. So boyfriends in high school it was very innocent. And uh, yeah, like serious boyfriends pre Hunter. There's only been like a like a handful. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to say like two or three before Hunter. And you got with him mid-30s, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it was, yeah, we've been about a year and a half at it, so, yeah. Okay. I was a young girl of 35 <laughs> when I <laughs> we're, we're born in the same year, right? 85? No. I'm, 80, sorry? No, I was 80. like, what? I wish I was born in 85. Yeah, same year. That's my brother's year. Like I was born in 65. No, yeah. I'm, born in, uh, I'm born in 80. Same. 80. Yeah. yeah, 80, which is like, I think sometimes some websites consider us millennials. We, we get in on a technicality. Well, yeah. whatever, man. I don't know what any of that means. Me neither. <laughs> I'm just a dude. I'm just bad at Twitter. That's all I know. Oh, I'm bad at everything social media. Uh, yeah, I, it doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I don't like... 
I don't know how to build a following. I don't care about a following. Like, it's just... Yeah. Well, comedy's ruined my ability to socialize. Do you yeah. know? Like, yeah, like, being social on stage has taken this, like energy that I used to funnel towards, uh, friendships and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just being a, a normal human being. And, uh, now it's like, oh, I'm using that energy to be like charismatic on stage. And so afterwards I'm like, I don't return calls or messages. I have no friends outside of comedy <laughs> left. It's horrifying. I, I'm slowly losing my friends outside of comedy and like, they're always, they're good enough friends that they're always going to be friends, but it's just like, I don't know, you're like, fuck, I haven't seen that guy in so long. I haven't seen I've this person. I've written so many apology letters. <laughs> I don't I made apologize. an apology video. I, I've been pretty shitty about it. It's the thing where, like, I feel too guilty to reach out to people because I don't want them to think I'm reaching out to them because I want them to support my bullshit dreams. Yeah. So I'm like, you're better off without me. And I, yeah. Yeah, no, I got, I got my one buddy, uh, uh, Johnny, he's a, he's a school teacher, principal, something yeah, like that. Sounds that, like that. such a fake friend right there. Johnny. Oh, he was uh, like, he was, Johnny. <laughs> he's in my phone as John the neighbor. Uh, he, uh, he lived in, I used to rent this uh, house and he was like the house attached to it. He bought it when I was living there and we became friends and, mm -hmm. um, I thought we were good at keeping in touch. And then, uh, he invited me to something a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I was like, oh, dude, I can't do it. Uh, I go, we got to get together soon. You're probably going to have, uh, I go, your wife's probably having that second baby soon, eh? And he goes, he sends back, he goes, my daughter is nine months, nine months <laughs> oh, old. And I was like, oh shit, it's been so fucking long. But I just, yeah, I don't know, time, time just is passing by. And I just, uh, I don't know, you got to stop and try to hold on to those relationships. Yeah. Well, our, I mean, our lives take place at night. Yeah. So it's hard to like, and social engagements can sometimes feel like an imposition when it's like a, you have to be on mm -hmm. and alert, like at the opposite time of everyone else. Yeah. And the whole thing, like, uh, I miss so many things because everything happens on weekends. You're like, oh, that's, that's when I work. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, uh... Exactly. Yeah. If you want to go to brunch on a Wednesday, <laughs> I'm free. Uh, but it's, I, we're missing things but sure. the thing about being in comedy is like i don't know i've got great friends in comedy it's and you, yeah. you develop this like it's more of a family than anything and it's i feel like i have people who understand me well you hmm. know who are like i care about a lot of my comedy friends but i also feel like they my like who you hang out with in comedy sometimes just changes so much depending on like gigs yeah. you've booked and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think comedy friends are more understanding of flaws because we're so aware of how flawed we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah. I remember the big change in comedy for me was uh, when I started getting real gigs and mm -hmm. not just like getting tagged along with like buddies and stuff and yeah. like putting on your own shit you have to start working with people you don't know mm -hmm. like because at the beginning it's like uh like you make buddies with a established comedian who takes you out and like here come open for me here blah 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 and you're always yeah. working with people you know but then like now it's just like okay you got a gig you got to fly here and work with somebody you've never met and it's just like you meet a lot of people sure and well the first time i ever met I don't even think I met Don Perret originally. I just 
saw him at open mics uh, yelling at new people <laughs> and i was like i'm never going to speak to this person he's terrifying and and then you know he online loves to like start shit <laughs> so when i started working for yuck yucks and we we were booked on a show together i was really You're nervous terrified. a little bit about being in a car with him and i was just like am i gonna have to defend feminism in a car with Tom? <laughs> but he's like I don't know. I really like Dom. He's mostly parody online. Like he's not. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't take anything he says serious because it's it's a lot of ridiculous. Like it's meant to be ridiculous. Sure. And the people that are like that fucking asshole. Like he's obviously joking right now, you know? And Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and there's a lot of those people in comedy where like on the surface, you know, it, like just on the outside, you can make a real quick judgment call about them. But then you're on the road with them and you're like, this person's kind of decent and I like them. Yeah. No, it's good. That's that's a good thing about this is just working with so many different people and like mm -hmm. just so many different personalities. And I don't know, I get along with most people, I think. Um, I think I get along with most people, but I'm, I'm a people pleaser. So I get along with most people because I, I like to an absurd degree, make myself uncomfortable so that somebody else is comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's something I have to be careful of. Cause that's how you wind up with friends you don't actually like. Yeah. I, uh, I was talking to, uh, a new comic in the city. He's uh, he's an established comic from the states, and uh, he's up here living in Toronto now. Mm -hmm. And um, he told me that like people are calling him like, "Why are you doing that person's show?" And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, "That person's <laughs> an asshole. You shouldn't do their show." And he's like, "I don't know who's an asshole." You yeah. know, like it's, there's so many politics because so many people hate each other. Oh yeah. yeah, there's so much hate in this community. Yeah. I don't know. There's a few people I can't stand, but I just avoid them. Yeah. I, I try not to like have extreme opinions about somebody unless something specific happens to me. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's also like a, a thing too of, I, like, I feel like if you engage in the drama, then you have more of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I just, I'd rather just walk away from it than like, I don't know. What do I going to go tell some comic he's an asshole? Cause I don't like his material. I just, whatever, yeah. man. I just, I'll just, wait for him to fail on his own yeah and if he succeeds then <laughs> that's I'll when you get him. really pissed yeah. like why is that piece of shit account? getting this stuff <laughs> that guy doesn't deserve fuck off <laughs> should be mine yeah that's that's when you that's when you get angry but um <laughs> what are you gonna do eh I, I think it all comes out in the wash in the end. I agree. I think it's also like uh, some good advice I got in the beginning was don't pay attention to other people. Pay attention to your goals. Mm -hmm. Are you better than you were last year? Are you are you moving forward in your career? Like if I if I compare myself, there's some people who I've compared myself to and it's made me crazy and not want to leave the house. And that's when I have to take a step back and remember, like I'm just doing this to get good at comedy. That's yeah, the yeah. ultimate goal. And I don't feel like... I can get good at comedy until I'm several more years in and it, that and focused on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, you were one that you got a lot of stuff quick. Like you started mm -hmm. how you were. I was, uh, well, I, yeah, I had like a gun to my head. I started at 34. Yeah. Like, and yeah. 37. The thing about that is like you, you progress quickly, which mm -hmm. you're still progressing, which is great. Um, but the thing people don't realize about starting comedy at 34, like I started first time i ever did comedy i was like 28 when i started doing comedy i was mm -hmm. like 30 31 something like that right right um but you got something to talk about got something to talk about and you're, you're just more mature of a person where you can like you can get your i don't know you can get your legs a bit quicker it's not quicker it's just like you're more comfortable as who you are at that age yeah like i i see some people who are starting at like 
17, 19, and they're super funny, but they're trying things out because they don't know yet that that's not them they haven't really lived enough to have you know and yeah. like there's like pros and cons like they'll take risks no, and it's try, great. Like, yeah. i wish i would have started when i was 18 same here because i think by 24 i would have been in a great like spot like to yeah. be on stage like i would i would have been completely comfortable and then mm -hmm. uh, the rest would follow but i don't know it's hard to say like it's funny i think i came at a time where like fortunately for me other people kind of paved the way like without Zabrina and Dane Alexander and Keisha Brownie like those are black women who paid their dues for a long time in comedy so when I came like thanks girls yeah th <laughs> thanks <laughs> but they're like I mean I know I think Zabrina I think she took a bit of a break I don't know the whole is story. she coming back you, you in touch with her I'm not in touch with her because I'm bad at friendships okay. but I, I like her a whole lot but I haven't I she's yeah, got I, kids yo she's got kids she's got a real like demanding day job and everything yeah. so but like you know, Keisha went to JFL this year and Dana has her career in, uh, in the UK and she left before I came on the scene and everything. So I feel like they did a lot of hard work so that people were looking for, when they were looking for diversity, I was like, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like it was, uh, I wasn't kicking down doors. I just <laughs> blew it down like the big bad wolf and I was like, right there. Do you feel you got stuff too quick or are you comfortable with everything? Cause I knew when I, I saw you on your headline weekend on the Friday, you were, you weren't oh, feeling, you weren't feeling good about no. things, but then I saw you post on the Saturday that it was like, yeah, the, the Friday show was a rough one. Cause mm -hmm. it, you know, everyone's like, oh, hey, the Wednesday and the Thursday are practice show. You're going to love Friday and Saturday. So Friday and, and Mark came to the Friday show mm -hmm. and the Friday show, it, no one booed or walked out, but it wasn't a great set yeah, by no any pops, stretch. Like yeah, it. it was like work, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it wasn't it didn't feel natural. Uh, Saturday was like the, the early show and the late show were the best shows I've ever done in my entire life. But it also felt like, man, this this is um luck and hard work together. Mm -hmm. I I sometimes do feel like uh, attention came too quickly. I just feel like there was a trend where what I was doing happened to fit that trend. And so, yeah, I, I got a lot of opportunities really quickly. Some of them I completely fumbled and floundered <laughs> on. And because like, I'm not an organized person. So it, some of this was came to me and I had no idea what to do with it. And uh, but yeah, I, I think there's always going to be a part of me that uh, hates myself. So <laughs> when I get things, <laughs> I want... You're a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> we well, all like, hate ourselves. Anything I, I got for a while, it was like, oh, I'm not getting this for the right reason. And I couldn't be happy for it. And then, you know, other comics are good at putting things in perspective. Like, hey, there's going to be times where you don't get something and it's completely unfair. So be thankful for this that you get that you feel like you got an unfair advantage to. It's not, you, you, were, you were funny enough to get it. Like, it's... Yeah, like, no, like, yeah, it wasn't a moment where I got something and I wasn't able to deliver. Most mm -hmm. things that I've received, I've been able to deliver on, yeah, which yeah. is good. But it, I'll always have that feeling of, um, I like, can I match the hype? Because there's a lot of hype, and there's also, I'll say this: there's an uncomfortable type of hype. There's some people who will hate me because I, they, I'm a black woman. But there's some people who like me because I'm a black woman, and mm -hmm. both of those I'm uncomfortable with. Clearly, one, obviously, I don't want people to hate me because I'm. <laughs> black and a woman but there's people who are like 
who'd post like Aisha for president under Facebook posts. And I'm like, whoa, like I dial know. that down. Right. That's a little much. President of what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> president of basements in Scarborough. <laughs> like I, I think Mom, um, the house is now the white house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like middle of the road compliments and attention I am comfortable with, but mm-hmm. extremes like extreme hate, extreme like is all too much. Yeah. 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 Um, did you, uh, what was the response from, cause Kevin Hart posted that uh, video of yours went, uh, went a bit viral. It did. What was, uh, positive responses, negative responses uh, mixed? I have no idea. You never look. I, I looked once and it was a nightmare. So I, I turned away. <laughs> I've been told they're not bad, but I, but the ones I saw were like, it was a mixture of like girls tagging in guys that they thought had a little dick. Yeah. So that was great. <laughs> um, like just a lot. Like I love, uh, I love being the catalyst for just some petty behavior. That's great. Mm -hmm. But there was this one comment that was like, see, it's black people acting this way that makes cops want to shoot them. And I'm like, whoa. What the fuck's that have to do with liking baby dicks? Right. <laughs> Apparently, I'm so undignified. I'm just one of those those black people that's that's lowering the race. I'm, I'm bringing us back to the times of yore uh, when black ladies used to. Fucking comedy, man. It's. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is like everything. You have to look at everything in the lens with which it was intended to be projected. Mm-hmm. Right. So is baby dick being launched as like. A, a solution for fiscal responsibility no it's a rap about ironically liking a little dick like mm-hmm. it works because people always brag about having big dicks in hip-hop like it works for the most basic fucking reason yeah, yeah, yeah. and and fuck it i rhyme it rap it i'm rippity rapping it and and that's the thing is is um i couldn't i decided then not to look too much at the comments because I, I don't think i'm comfortable with extreme amounts of attention so mm-hmm. I, I had to kind of turn off i think i could like uh i could say if something of mine went viral and mm-hmm. i i would welcome all the hate i mean like, oh, look where this well, asshole's at you but, and i have a very different perspective on that yeah I, I just don't give a fuck <laughs> i like i i feel like it's cool you do like those roast shows where you and your friends gather and everyone's just fucking mean to you <laughs> for and you deliver it back and seem to enjoy it in some like masochistic <laughs> kind of way it's it's insane but it's also like pleasurable to watch yeah it's i don't know man nothing like nothing somebody's gonna say to me is gonna fucking like whatever man i give like really i negative things that people say to me stick with me forever so i i roast i deal with poorly yeah i don't know man like i haven't found my uh achilles heel yet that's gonna like make me snap Mm -hmm. i uh i think maybe i'm a little protective of my uh like material Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if somebody slags my jokes, I, I'm like, well, fuck you. You don't know what's funny. Right, but, right. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think the people I hang around do that enough that you just <laughs> thicken your skin. You're like, what the hell do I care? You just a callus around I, your heart. Yeah, fuck you, Bevanek. <laughs> <laughs> You don't like that joke? Well, fuck, go yell some more on stage, asshole, you know? But no, we, like, I don't know, I think because my friends are such ball busters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it helps us with the negativity of, I think, I don't know. I, I think part, the part of me that's a comedian has always been, Oh, I better make the joke before someone else says it. 
Mm-hmm. So if someone else says the thing that I'm afraid that people are going to notice, yeah. uh, like, or that I didn't, you know, like when you see yourself, like a picture of yourself from an angle you'd never seen and you're yeah. like, oh my God, like I'm this hideous. is horrifying. Like I was, I come to, I've come to grips with my looks, but from this <laughs> angle, like this is, and then you just walk around hoping no one looks at you from that angle. That's what a roast feels like to me. Just waiting for people to point things out about myself that I hadn't been horrified so by So you yet. could never, you could never be on a roast or? Um, I think I could, but I'd have to. I think I just have to mentally prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. You were at the last roast we did, right? No, you, I was you, there. You were a subject of a few jokes, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't mean negative to you. Like, it was, no, it was just <laughs> negative to Hunter. Yeah, which yeah. Is great. <laughs> I, I did like. I was wincing a bit, but he he loved it. Yeah, I don't, Hunter's the same as me. Like I think. Uh, yeah, you're both weird like that. Yeah, I think I, we appreciate how good the joke was written. Right. And it's just like, one of my favorite jokes about me ever was uh, Tyler Morrison said, uh, he goes, this wasn't at the one you were at. He goes, uh, Jeff Paul is a driving force in Canadian comedy. All he does is drive headliners to gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that's such a good fucking joke, man. And it was very joke. true. <laughs> I, I liked um, K-Trev's about Hunter. I repeat it frequently. Which one was that? K-Trev said... Hunter Collins is the style sensibility of a boy who wished himself big. <laughs> and I'm like, it is 100% true. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a character. He is, yeah. How do you deal with the, like your guy's relationship with, because he's very outgoing and crazy and wild, mm-hmm. and you're very reserved and held back. and. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah? Yeah, like I think... I kind of admire his outspokenness and sometimes I'll take a risk because I've seen him. Yeah. Like he helps you come out of your shell a bit. Right. And I probably help to pull his shell and pull him into his shell a bit more because Hunter will say the thing that gets him in trouble Mm -hmm. with that. And like, because he's like, he's fiery, right? He's he's got that Montreal heat in him, right? (laughs) That's his nickname. Hot sauce, right? He gets all (laughs) hot hot sauce, baby. Yeah. So sometimes (laughs) I try to, I try to help with, uh, well, we have like great chats and, and, I feel like where I maybe rein him in a little bit, he pushes me forward. That's good. Yeah. A good uh, yin and yang going on. Yeah. Like if we ever break up though, this podcast will be a nightmare. I'll just play it over and over again and be like, this is so much. Well, I love uh, his... um his videos he does he does at my cottage. Uh, They're classic. R and R I P. But like he hates the second one because he had his ex girlfriend in it, and then he had oh, you in the third one. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what happens when you break up with her? He's like, no, not gonna happen. <laughs> well, that's what's driving this relationship forward. R and R I P. Number three. <laughs> we'll be shooting number four soon. I, 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 I oh, got, is that is that what oh, the I got, I got script approval from Hunter. He likes it. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't we'll even know we were this. filming. Okay, this is this is hilarious. Um, well, let's talk about um. The fact that you're still uh, living at home at 37 years old. Um, How does this happen? Oh, so many bad decisions uh, and stunted maturity. Like Um, what? After high school? So after high school, didn't go to university, went to Centennial College. And I also didn't learn to drive until I was 30. I waited. And part of it was... The Scarborough RT can get you only so far. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Every every downtown trip was like I was in New York City. (laughs) I, I think I... I delay and procrastinate to avoid problems that always seem to bite me in the ass. So with money, I'm terrible with money and 
I think that was part of it too, is like, I'm just going to live at home until I can uh, be fiscally responsible. And that didn't happen. Did you finish Centennial? Like, what did you take? Uh, the first time around, I finished on a technicality. Like, I've been there so long. They're like, there you go. But I did business. I don't even remember if it was business, business. Just business, yeah, business. right? <laughs> business at the Scarborough campus. And then um, I, I was at a, I did a string of customer service jobs and telemarketing jobs and stuff like that. And then I eventually decided I wanted to do work that felt meaningful. So mm -hmm. I went back to college to Centennial again, because that's the only place that would have me. And <laughs> How old are you at this point? I, oh, I think I was like 27 or oh something God. like that. I can't even remember. And, um, yeah, I did social work. I did the social worker program. And it's not social work. It's the social service worker program, mm. which basically means you can maybe do administrative work, <laughs> but you can't handle the public. Yeah. So I did that program for two years and worked at a nonprofit after that as their like campaign director and their fundraiser. And Were you making money at the nonprofit? Uh, like no one really makes money, but I was working that job and I was working at Rogers at their call center at the mm. same time. Okay. And so I was making okay money. But I, and actually that was the closest I came to moving out. But then I realized I, I hated, I quit Rogers and I hated my nonprofit job. And I'm like, if I quit this job, like I can't quit this job yeah. because I'll you, be living on my own. And pay rent. my parents were huge enablers too. Like they were like, they kept talking me out of wanting to move out. So I'm like, well, I'm 30. I might as well live this hell to its <laughs> fullest. And so stayed there, quit the nonprofit job and uh, my dad got sick and so did my aunt around the same time. So I put my social work uh, education to use by taking care of my aunt and also kind of helping out with stuff with my dad. And and then eventually got a job that I hated. It was like a customer service job. And, and that's what kind of, and my boyfriend dumped me Ugh. the same time I got this customer service job. And so I was like, I need something that doesn't make me want to kill myself. And that's what made me want to start taking comedy. Okay. Yeah. And how did you get started at uh, 34? Just uh, Well, so at that time, I took a class at, I think it was, how old was I? Maybe 33 at the time. I took the uh, uh, intro to improv class at Second City. Is that where you met our mutual friend, uh, Ian Dick? Not at that class, but in that kind of sphere. Okay. I took that improv class and I hated it because I hate, I, I don't hate improv. I don't want to say I hate improv, but I'm not good at it. I mm -hmm. don't play well with others. And I, I kept getting paired with this guy who kept pretending to be a robot <laughs> every single time. And it, it was ridiculous. And the, the final straw was like, I'm a robot who gives back massages. And I was like, this is not, not touching me. Yeah, please get your pincers off of my shoulder, sir. It was horrifying. So I was like, I wish I could do this in a way that didn't involve other people. And then I eventually meandered into the stand-up kind of workshop that they do oh, okay. stand up 101 and that's where i met ian dick where's your first set uh so they do a set you have to do a set at absolute in front of your friends and family but i don't oh, care that show yeah it, yeah and it was it, i did that in like d a december of i guess it was was it yeah december of 2013 ish and then didn't touch a stage for a real time until brian ward and chris allen had this show the friday night show no it was a show um in the week at one of the fox and the fiddles and it, it was i can't remember i think it was called wild card where oh yeah, yeah. i remember that and so i did that was like my first show that wasn't where i didn't stack the deck mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh what do your parents think of it like as 
when you're mm. you're living in the basement at 34 you're like i'm gonna be a comedian like what, what are the were they been, supportive they've been supportive because i think there was a moment where they were really scared because i was super depressed <laughs> so they're like oh cool she's not in the garage starting her car this is great <laughs> let's let's support this oh, you even got garage parking eh? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> living the life why would you leave <laughs> My, yeah, my dad has started, like, because my dad as a child, like, he, you know, like, he's from Jamaica. They're not the best with mental illness Mm -hmm. and, like, or, like, learning differences or anything. So, as a child, he just yelled at me through things. But as I got older, he developed, and I think through, like, going through prostate cancer and stuff, he developed this empathy. Oh, that's what your dad, when you're taking care of him, prostate cancer? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's good. He's, like, he's. It's still on the course of like hormone treatments, but it, it he looks good. He's doing okay, good. good um, but he, yeah, he starts like he, every now and then he'll print out an article from our home printer and it's about depression yeah. and, and there'll be a picture of a girl in the front that looks sort of like me. And I'll be like, I read this and it was eye opening. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. And it's, so he's trying. Do you, yeah. su- you suffer from depression or what? Like, yeah, I get pretty depressed. Yeah. I get like, like that's part of not wanting to socialize is like, I don't want to leave the house much. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why like, not that my mental health is tethered to Hunter, but if he breaks up with me, <laughs> just issue threats. But he's so much more social than I am that it, it forces me out of that rut. Because my my natural state is to just stay home and sleep. I'll just yeah, do yeah. that. Um, getting out's fun though. Getting out once I'm out, it's fun. Like yeah. those those wing nights are, are fantastic. It's a, it's neat. <laughs> but uh, once I'm out, I'm having a good time. But it's just getting out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, always like to see out. I always like to see a smiling. Thanks, Jeff. Um, I hope your dad gets better. Oh, thank you very much. Um, we are, that's almost our hour, pretty much. We're going to wrap that. this thing up. Would you, did, you, did you have fun? I had fun. I was like talking to you. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we get along great. It's the year of the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to let the people know where they can find you. I guess you're not much on social media and all that no, stuff. No, I tweeted once yesterday. Oh, how did that feel? <laughs> Um, unnatural. <laughs> Tethered you into this nightmare. I was, I was full of tweeting. But, uh, yeah. I'm, yeah, you tweeted at me. You called I me. Did. Uh, what did you call me? I called me? you hideous. Uh, yeah, hideous. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. Yeah. That's nice. Because Hunter Collins likes hideous things like his lizard and Jeff Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you'd like it. Because he, he loves, love. like, he loves uh, being kicked in the good. balls. It's, it's good. Great. Look at her. Look at her fucking chiming in, too. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. They can all go watch your video, uh, Baby Dick, on Kevin Hart's Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we have some videos on CBC Comedy. Oh, yeah, you're doing yeah. great with that. How did you get looped into that? Like, just um, auditions or? No, like, CBC reached out. They were looking to make video content. And um, so I work with Running. Oh, yeah, Running at the Mouth. We have our, al- our second album coming yeah. out, our hip-hop comedy album. Yeah, Running at yeah. the Mouth. Um, and is, how many tracks are on those albums? Is it, it's uh, all raps? All, like, all, all comedy raps? All comedy raps. All and comedy? It, like, uh, you don't try and sneak in some serious shit? Like, uh, Little Marito doesn't want to be a real rapper at one point? Little Marito for sure wants to be a real rapper, <laughs> but it manifests hilariously. Um, there's There might be some tracks on there that I'm not involved with that are more of a serious tone, but mm-hmm. I mostly you, stick to the genital wheelhouse. That, yeah, I keep it I keep it real light. You're like the black female weird owl. That's what I am. <laughs> you got the hair for it. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Coming for you, Weird Al. 
Uh, that's great, guys. Yeah, check it out. Comedy Records, uh, running its mouth. Two albums out there. Um, plus CBC uh, comedies on their uh, their yeah. digital online. What you call it? There you go. Internets. Um, and uh, yeah, just get out and see Aisha. She's a lot of fun and uh, fun energy on stage. Uh, don't talk to her after because yeah. she wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, but that has been another episode of the Potato Files here on the Never Sleeps Network. Um, of course, you can always find me every Wednesday night at Dope and Mike Comedy. Um, and, you know, find me on all the socials, Jeff Paul Comedy. Yada, yada, yada. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 